Hey guys, it's Brendan with Production House 45, and today we have Joe Gagino, photographer and key health and safety production assistant for the show Dr. Death on NBC. Joe, how you been, man? I'm doing great. How about you, Brendan? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not doing too bad myself. I'm, I'm glad to have an interview with you. I've been waiting for this. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, yeah, for- it's been a minute. Uh, I went to school with Joe for uh, video production, so we did a lot of uh, projects together in class and, uh, you know, hung around the uh, the old studio and shot a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, we so did. Oh, uh, my God. What a time. So I miss those stuff. days. I really do. I, I miss having all those, you know, everybody in that one, like, scary room at McEwen just, like, in, oh the, my in God. the back. What are you up to now? What are you doing? What do you, what do you, what's keeping you busy nowadays? So nowadays I work on the NBC show, Dr. Death, which will premiere on Peacock, which is like their streaming service, kind of like their Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I work as a key health and safety production assistant. Oh, nice. And, w- w- and now that's with uh, the COVID protocols and everything, keeping yes. pretty much everyone safe on set. Yes. And it, it involves, uh, so they, so another title, if you will, is that it's an enforcer or an officer, mm-hmm. which means, you know, you have to like go around and tell people, Hey, mask over the nose and the face, you know, and the mouth, uh, spread out a little bit, you're a little too close, but then there's also stuff that people don't really think about. Like you have to measure the square footage of a space to make sure that you have a proper number to be able to guarantee there's enough space for people to be six feet apart. Interesting. Yeah. I would have never even thought about that part of it. Oh yeah. No. When I think of it, I just think, you know, just making sure people are six feet apart in general and wearing their mask, but there's, there's more to that than that. What, what else do you Definitely. do on that? Um, so we measure square footage of spaces to make sure that there, we can post an occupancy like, 10 people are allowed in this room at once or uh, preparation of locations. So we also have equipment, you know, protective personal equipment that we hand out to the employees like masks and alcohol wipes and uh, like mini hand sanitizer dispensing, you know, that sort of things, face shields. Uh, So we deal with a lot of, like preparation to make sure that all that equipment is ordered and stocked and we have plenty to disperse. We make sure that specific locations are prepared as well. So there are certain locations we've shot at that are huge. They're gigantic. Like they, there are multiple sets in this one, like this one specific location. So we have to make sure that all of that is prepared and ready to go even before the crew shows up. Like we're talking like a day or two beforehand. Wow. Now, and now what department is that? That is that its own department or is that like locations or is that still with the, uh, oh, that's, still, that's, that's still us. Health and uh, safety. But okay. we do work closely with the locations department so that, you know, when we go to a place that is not the stages or like, you know, just the normal sets that we can get into the buildings and that we are okay to, excuse me, we are okay to hang up specific signs on, you know, doors while using the right tape so that you don't ruin the paint job. You know, it's, it's a whole deal. 
-hmm. And then something else that we do that we're heavily involved in, and that's like almost the entirety of our department is testing. Testing. Okay. So you guys deal with the actual testing. Like you have no idea. So are you doing the testing or do you kind of run, make sure everything runs well? Like, do you have like uh, nurses or some sort of like set medic on set doing the, that stuff or is it you guys? So basically how it works from what I am able to sort of like disclose is that we have um, a supervisor which is an RN, usually the supervisor of the COVID department from, from what I've talked about with other shows is like an RN, like a registered nurse. But our testing, we do the coordination of and we figure out the logistics. Gotcha. We work, and I, this is pretty much common with NBC. And I also did the same job on a Netflix show before this. So different company, same idea testing company that has you know the resources and the you know the employee power and all of the logistics to be able to test like 220 people in a five-hour window and make sure that we get results the next day wow that's that's crazy how how is how has life on set changed since covid so I will be honest, this is the most involved I have been directly on set. So everything that I have as an experience is, is sort of like fresh eyes. You know, this is primarily my first time really experiencing set life. But I can tell you from recounting with other of my coworkers, this is a very different beast. But it's still, it's still Hollywood. There's mm -hmm. that, that much has not changed. But... <laughs> There's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind now. Like we work very closely with the AD department because the AD department is basically set management. Oh, yeah. And you know, they, they, they do a lot of logistics and coordination with talent and with crew and with making sure that everything's done on time. And now we have to coordinate with them about uh, just making sure that we have all the all the legal names of talent. Because when you cross a medical world and a production world together, the medical world does not like stage names. They gotcha. don't do that. So, you know, we have to work closely with the AD team so that we can bridge those two worlds. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, and just a bunch of other things. Just so many, you know, we... God, actually... How about what, what's something that you have specifically, like a, like a specific question? Okay. Um, I guess the size of the crew, like, is it any different? Like, is, I'm, I'm guessing that they would have less people on set just to, you know, keep people safe. Or would you say it's the same amount? So that depends. I would say that uh, our crew is actually pretty large, but, you know, it's, film production so there's a lot of day players and even day players that much has changed a lot can you tell me so, more about that yes so the concept of day players has not changed but guaranteeing the day players it takes a little bit more planning because mm. i'm not going to disclose like specific policies of how the testing cadence works but in order to have someone on set, 
they need to be cleared for testing, which means that you do, and this is pretty universal amongst companies, you need to pre-hire test, which means that depending on the company, it's anywhere between a week of clearance or a 48 hour window of clearance that you need to be able to test someone so that they can get on the job. So you, it's, it's different from the, the previous world of production where you can just call up your guy and be like, yeah, be like hey, hey, I need someone tomorrow. today or yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, you need, you need to be like, okay, I might need you next week. So can you come in and test? And then once they're all cleared and they're good to go, then they can get on the job. Gotcha. So they probably have to think a little bit more in advance of like, okay, I definitely want this and this is my primary people, but then I want a couple of these guys as my backups. Gotcha. Or people. Yeah. And I could imagine the, I know just from reading other uh, kind of articles and stuff, I, I can imagine that the takes you can, is there like a set amount of takes you're allowed to do in a said day to cut down on like, are the 12 hour days still 12? Like, are they hard 12 hour days now? So that's a great question, actually. I remember this is like a this is a big one because they act they are actively trying to shorten the days a little bit. Um, sometimes we're done within like an eleven hour day. Sometimes we finish in a fourteen hour day. That's like the longest it's gotten. Usually we do pretty good staying in a twelve hour window because uh, studies have proven that the more sleep you are able to get, the more potential your body has resistance to contracting COVID and the ability to stay healthy. What a concept. I know. I mean, even without COVID, I feel like work, I remember I would be working on a job and working like 16 hour days and then maybe getting four hours of sleep. So I'd have to drive like an hour and a half home or like, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as close as in working in the city, you know, out here in the Hudson Valley, a lot of the spots we were in the middle of nowhere and I'd have to drive home an hour, even the crew, you know, a lot of the van ride was still like an hour or so back to the hotel. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd sleep in the van, but still, you know, it's not comfortable sleeping. No, um, definitely not. And that's, yeah, that's, no, like I would say to answer your question. Yeah. Time of a day has definitely shortened. Like fratter days are less of a thing. We've only had like oh, one or God. two of those. <laughs> I mean, that was always that was always a pain working on set was those fratter days. And yeah. just in general, those long days. I mean, I'm a big advocate for shortening, you know, days. I mean, when we when I when we do projects, I try to, you know, keep it relatively short. I mean, I know it usually doesn't work out that way planning wise. I mean, you were, you were on one of our projects that we recently shot, um, that to help us again, to help us out. You were, you were one of our health and safety production assistants also helping out with a bunch of other stuff, but, um, yeah, that's another doing boom up. Yep. You were doing boom up. <laughs> um, another, you know, another thing with the indie, you know, the indie, um, industry, it's just like, you know, with these productions, I guess you, they, they have the, the means to kind of have this huge crew and still kind of solicit these tests and get everyone, you know, make sure everyone's on the same page testing wise. And then when it comes to like indie, I feel like COVID's kind of almost made that like impossible to do just because you can't really, what are you going to, you know, with us, it's like, you know, you're going to trust these people, you know, who aren't a big company to make exactly. sure everyone's safe, you know? Um, it, I actually, it's a really interesting thing that you bring that up because it's very true because I, 
because it's not that indie productions don't want the safety and it's not even that they can't they can't afford it but it's not going to be on the same like you like you know most of the production companies the big ones have endless pockets so they can like they can shell out you know this much for testing and this much for the people to come in and test and all that stuff on an indie production you you kind of just get tested at a an urgent care or a mm-hmm. hospital and then pray that you get the results quick enough quick enough and be like hey i'm pretty safe. much good and then I mean, you that, just wear masks yeah wear masks and social distance i mean our you know we haven't yeah it was probably the first thing we shot since covid i mean even that it was very small as you peter des and the actor yeah. and you know I remember just getting everything as a producer for that, just getting everything ordered for that and just making sure everyone was safe. Um, I mean, it's just a whole new world. It's scary, you know, it's scary. I mean, I, that's the main reason why we haven't shot some of our bigger stuff that we've had planned just cause that does need a full crew and we don't feel comfortable enough that we can kind of make that safe enough at that size. Mm-hmm. And we're actually, you know, going back and rethinking, you know, a strategy and kind of making it, you know, simplifying the crew, um, kind of getting into the aspects. I mean, indie indie is all about restrictions. You know, I'm yeah. the the good thing about this is I'm hopefully it's it breeds new, um, some new creative ways of pulling off this stuff. I mean, a lot of the things that I, I noticed from like quarantine were the quarantine film festivals and just like quarantine projects that people did was either them alone in their apartment or you know a few like kind of like what we did was like three people uh or four people who like kind of shot stuff um and you know it's interesting what you can do with so little and i mean that was that's the big thing about indie productions that I, i i almost love but also again you know it just goes back to like you know this whole time is just making it really hard you know it's 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 still making it really hard uh, for a lot oh, of yeah. productions. I think once we're at a point where safety is a lot less of an issue, like safety is more guaranteed, I think indie's going to pop off. Like there's going to be so much indie going on. And the stories that are going to be told are going to be awesome. I know. I mean, I mean, a lot of this time has been, I, I, I could, you know, I have a lot of people, writer friends. Uh, I'm sure you've been doing some writing. I've been doing some writing. I mean, it's a good time. We've just been stuck inside just writing story. I mean, right. how many pandemic shows or movies are going to come out of this or, I you think, know, uh, Grey's Anatomy has been doing a Grey's COVID Anatomy doing Grey's Anatomy did a COVID thing. SNL's doing COVID, you know, skits. Um, 30 Rock did a reunion thing. With yeah, COVID. 30 Rock did a reunion thing. It's it's crazy. It's it's almost interesting. I think Superstore, too. There's that show Superstore. They did, like, it. a COVID thing, which is, it's cool, you know. I mean, it's not cool, but, you know, it's, it's crazy that... It's reflection on the times. It's reflection on times, and just looking back at it, it's kind of like, you know, this is, you know, film is also a part of that storytelling, not just, you know, for entertainment, but also for history you know like exactly like this this is going to be forever ingrained in television and film definitely no i 100 percent agree with you there i have heard uh like speculation so 
I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's difficult to be in health and safety because like the Tom Cruise thing, uh, which we're going to talk about later, yes, but just we'll, to like yeah. pull an example right now, you can kind of tell the controversy that there are two sides where, you know, I think the right side is to be safe and that this is a very serious thing. But then there is the other side that, you know, you have to determine how far is too far, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to human relations. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me think about where I'm going with this. But yeah, film is a big part of, you know, just capturing that moment because it's, it's high stakes, it's high stress, but people got to live, people got to get going. And we yeah, can and do pe- it safely. Yeah, and people, you know, the big thing is people got to get back to work too. And that's, mm-hmm. I know that's been a big topic here in America too, like, do we value going back to work over our safety? And is it okay for us to go back if it's safe, you know? And I mean, I believe to a degree, some of these productions are keeping it safe. I think some productions may not be, you know, it all the really depend. And that's the thing. There's no universal. Yeah. That's the thing. There's no universal rules. I feel like there's, there are some, but it's to varying degrees. You know, there's not like one, organization looking over all productions to make it like a unity thing um so that's where it's like you know you might be on one production that takes it very seriously and then you might be on another production i mean bigger ones that you know there's going to be some degree of seriousness but you know there's always going to be those people who don't wear their masks right or you know think it's stupid and they're only doing it because they have to work and i mean i i I know you probably deal with that like nobody's business like you probably have to tell a lot of people (laughs) to keep their masks on you know what's kind of funny i think i've been lucky but the two shows that i've worked on since like you know productions resumed most of the people have been pretty good because like most of these most of these people are you know i would say north of 40 probably like mid 30s onward and like you know they probably have families to upkeep. So they understand that when they come into a production with like 60 people minimum, or maybe like 150 people and they're dealing with like a lot of background and they're dealing with stand-ins and they're dealing with just like a lot of rules and stuff that they have to understand. Okay. So when I go back home to like their families that they're not going to, you know, make them sick. I mean, yeah, that's the big thing, especially being on crew, because, I mean, you're seeing so many different people. And, again, with these day players, some of the people you've never even met before, you mm-hmm. know, or are just there for the day. They're just there to, you know, to help out because someone else couldn't be there. And it's – film wasn't, you know, wasn't really – the <laughs> wasn't made for COVID times. But No, it was not. Because, I mean, if you think it about the camera – I mean, the camera wasn't. department, you need, like, six people in the camera up close and, you know – in general, I mean, it's just a lot of people in, in, in tight spots. I mean, I don't know. There's some, there's been some apartments I remember shooting. It's really tight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a fun time sometimes with that, especially I couldn't imagine with COVID. Um, it's really hard. And yeah, like specific departments like camera and directors and uh, sound, no one really thinks about it, but of course the sound department has to deal with a lot of that. Because, you know, boom ops, they can physically distance themselves, but they're still in those, like, tight spaces. Yeah, they have to be right up next, like, close to the camera, you know, where they can't be seen. Or, you know, 
hidden somewhere, um, still on set, you know, still in the core, you know, because the way I think about it, it's like the core people who have to be on set, camera, sound, uh, first AD, director, kind of, well, even the director, they can be in like, you know, the um, they village. They can kind of be in another room. Yeah, they yeah, can be a video but, village. But um, it's like, th that's the core people who have to be there. Um, oh, definitely. Especially even like that, the first AD. And, and even that, that's still like kind of a lot of people in a tight spot, especially the COVID. It is. Um, and that's why testing is so important. Yeah. And testing I'm, and PPE. Yeah, testing and PPE. And I mean, I'm glad that things are going well and you guys, you know, they have this department. I'm glad your, you know, your job exists and that you're, 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 you're keeping people safe. You know, I really appreciate what you do with that. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been enlightening to see just like how all of this can throw in wrenches and like the standard production workflow because there are some that don't really change like the more standard office people like you know production coordinators in the upm and you know the art departments like not like even like construction to a degree those are all pretty easy they see the same people every day for work maybe they have to like interact with someone else at a kitchen, but especially like depending on the office space, there's a lot of ability to like separate yourselves, but it's mm -hmm. definitely the set life where it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And I guess kind of going to it, you know, like with the whole um, Tom Cruise thing, what, what's kind of your opinion on that? When he was blown up, for those who don't know, Tom Cruise, they were shooting uh, the new Mission Impossible movie, I believe, right? The new Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible 7? Seven? 7, oh my God. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. Um, and he actually blew up on some crew because they weren't wearing their masks and stuff. And um, it's been a lot of controversy on, in the film world where people are like, you know, it was the right thing for him to, you know, say something, but also in the same reason it wasn't, you know, and I see a lot of people are like, you know, number one shouldn't be yelling at people, but also people don't, you know, he's also the executive producer. So it's like kind of, you know, it's a gray or like, and you know, I just want to it see where you see, want to see where you stand kind of with that. Like what your, what are your thoughts on that whole incident? So this is kind of where, California production and New York production have very stark differences because Mission Impossible is being shot in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I think I saw some stuff about it in London. I'm not entirely sure. London's actually another really good example too because the cultural impact of COVID-19 in New York City was devastating. Mm -hmm. I don't think like like this is all common knowledge at this point, but just like, just to put it into context, I lived on the same train line, like that Elmhurst hospital, like the, the war zone on COVID-19 with like the incredibly high, you know, death rates and the spreading and all that stuff. Like I was in that same MR subway train with all of those people, no mask. Remember this was, you know, early 2020 january february i was on that same train i've I've, i haven't gotten covid you know knock on wood i'm, mm -hmm. I'm good but it was bad here because the infrastructure just like this is not a social distance city you're constantly mm -hmm. you're constantly dealing with people all the time even outside was, even on the even on the walk you know when you're walking yeah, exactly. Like on the sidewalks, on the crossroads, and the subways, everywhere. Even in the office space, you're constantly dealing with people. In California, 
you drive everywhere. It's very easy for you to leave your house, get in your car, go to work, do your work thing, maybe go out to like a restaurant or something, and then drive home. Mm-hmm. The mentality is just different. And the way COVID spread in California versus New York at the beginning was way different. Then things started to change when the when New York culture cracked down, you know, went very, very serious about wearing a mask all the time when you're, you know, interacting with other people that are not in your household, um, in stores, on the sidewalk, you know, in the workspace. We cracked down hard as a city on wearing masks and social distancing, at least to the best of the ability. In California, it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. And you can see when we were still, when uh, production resumed in New York around like July or August, really picked up in September, in California, and we haven't as a state shut that down yet. In California, they actually did shut down production, like statewide. Production was not allowed for a good chunk of time when it resumed in California, like around. November or December, something like that. Like the governor was like, okay, yeah, we're doing like a, we're doing like a huge quarantine again, just like in March. Wow. Um, So that is where I think Tom Cruise specifically was coming from because like you said, he's an executive producer on the project. When he says, I'm going to fire you if I catch you doing this again, no apologies needed. He's coming from a different place of power. It is a gray area. The first shouldn't be lashing out at people like that and making like a public example. It's not particularly good PR, Mm -hmm. but also, I mean, he was definitely coming from the right place. If, If your people on set are walking around like, oh, my mask is down, I'm just, I'm just out here you're like what if you had COVID-19 and then you You shut or you you shut down the whole production for two weeks yeah no one's getting paid yeah and no one's getting paid I mean that's what happened with the Batman I mean uh you know uh Robert Robert Pattinson Pattinson, he got it they had to shut down they shut down a few times like it really it really like shut like it really stops things you know and I feel like people don't realize that you know and it's not just oh we're not showing a movie it's like that's someone's job for two weeks you're not getting paid now you're pushing the schedule. You got to, you know, the, the, the production company is now spending more money to because make they this. They have to rearrange everything. Everything. And it, it just, it really puts a wrench in everything. And I think, you know, I, as much as I would hate to be getting yelled at number one, but he's an executive producer. I think in a way he was right. I, I'm, I'm really against yelling. Like I hate when people get yelled at on set. It's, it's a very, it's a very tense work environment where everyone's working long hours away from their families at sometimes, you know, late, you know, overnights or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's a very stressful, it's demanding. It's it, it, film asks for a lot, you know, <laughs> and you, and sometimes you don't get that back. And not always. And it really, and it really, you know, it, it wore me down. It wore, it wore a lot of people down that I know. I mean, there hasn't been a time where, you know, you're working on set and you're like, wow, I really like, you, you can feel the morale just gone. 
Yeah, there have definitely been moments in um the Netflix show was different because it was only like a month and a half because they had already shot like 80% of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were just finishing out the rest. It was only like a month, so it wasn't that bad. And it was multicam, so days were pretty short in comparison to a drama where it's 12-hour days, 14-hour days. You're going all over location. You're lo- like long hours. And you can tell when that, exactly what you said, when that morale dips. And especially when that morale dips during peak uh, COVID infection rates. You know, I've, I've been doing this since like August. So I have a, I have a pretty good idea of, you know, what happens during the course of a production during COVID, you know, for as limited of a time that it is, but in quarantine year in, in a pandemic time that feels like eons, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can definitely tell when people are nervous. People are worried about their own safety and the safety of their of their loved ones. It's it's a very very big deal that we make sure that people can go to work and that they're not stressing about, you know, their lives or their loved ones' lives while trying to pursue a career that they love to do. It's very important that people can just focus on their job and not have to worry about these external factors. But you can you can even tell like in Tom Cruise's like what he was saying like this is what I sleep with at night. As an executive producer asking all these people and all these companies to cooperate and make this project work, I would probably be torn up by it. That's mm-hmm. hard. That's really really hard. I don't even want to think about what the health and safety department on that movie has to go through. I know, especially those huge, you know, huge productions i mean i know yeah. that's that's not that i mean tom cruise he works on really like you know with mission impossible stuff those are huge crews yeah ginormous like probably 400 people in a day yeah. easily especially like heavy stunts days. yeah oh, i mean yeah. heavy stunt crew you know that's a whole nother department you add on for the day you know there's the yeah, core department stunt coordinator and all that stuff and then their stunt team you know uh because i know I, I always know there's like the stunt guys always bring a few guys you know just in case they need some people there um yeah. better safe than sorry and you know that's another whole imagine another trying to make d- that luke cage scene today oh, oh my god <laughs> i i'm trying to think of movie just making movies in general like i it's it's crazy like i i'm trying to think of things i don't know if i've watched anything that has come out that was been shot during covid i can't really think mm-hmm. anything has come out yet I think one division um, was it. I that was I was gonna say, hmm. but gonna I don't know if uh, if what we're seeing right now was pre quarantine or post quarantine. I think the later stuff is post quarantine. I think, and I think a lot of it is shot before quarantine and then finished up post. Yeah. Yeah, so I know I a lot of shows. I know a lot of shows uh, that my friends are working on. You know, they're returning to to finish. You know, they had a few weeks left, or they got a month yep, left. Yep. Um, well, a few weeks that turned into a month just because of time. You know, just because that's how production works. Yep. Like, yep. not even surprised when they say, "Yeah, it'll take a couple weeks." That's translation for buckle in for the next month and a half. I know. Well, I mean, that just brings me back to when COVID actually hit when I was working on a project. I was actually in the city. Um, we, they, they told us, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to go dark for like two weeks. We'll be back up, you know, 
we'll we'll keep you updated and then that two weeks turned into three weeks and then that turned into a month and then they basically kind of stopped the you know they they paused the show and production that's when all production in america halted stops yeah which was crazy i have a similar story to that personally like i was going to be an assistant editor on a talk show like in uh march like i had the job offer in writing and then production stopped they were like hey so we're gonna hold on this we'll talk to you later and uh i think we know where the story goes that job went away like the uh like the wind and the breeze (laughs) but it's honestly i'm not like the kind of like during quarantine i felt really sad but Mm -hmm. post quarantine life changed and you know there's a new norm yeah there's a new norm i think like a lot of people i sat down with myself and i said okay do i really want this thing or am i willing to try out this new thing Mm -hmm. and if you asked me like a year ago if i would be doing something like this i'd be like are you no that sounds absolutely nothing like what I want. And then I got the taste for it. And I, I'm not going to lie. The production bug is an infectious one. Like it, like the rush of production. Oh man, it feels great. I know. I know. Like when you see that talent that you've like idolized since you were a, like a teenager, just taking care of some mundane chore and you look to your right and they're just reviewing the scripts and you're like oh it's that person and then you just dart oh man and then you just dart out of the room because you don't want to like make them mad or something or like you actually get to connect with them yeah and then you realize you you work with them and you're like this like a co-worker you know and it's just like this is so weird that i'm hanging out with you like we're just in a room like before covid like just in a room yeah definitely talking about like life and you're just like how did i get here (laughs) it always comes down to some stuff like that like i i have had like conversations with like the number two on this show where like i like afterwards i was just like how did i how did i do that (laughs) it's crazy and then you also realize you know they're people too you know they're just that's yeah. their job they're an actor it's true like, you really they, realize how humane everyone is I know. during COVID. and you're just like in that and just in general you're just like these they're people you know you're idolizing them but also it's just like no this guy really likes kombucha like i love kombucha. Right? like i love kombucha like i'm no different than you guys like we're all we're all just making a movie together you know right at the end of the day and something that I think did change in COVID, like kind of bringing back to like how has set life changed. Mm-hmm. I think the talent in a lot of ways has actually gotten more humble because they realize that all of these people are risking their safety to create this project. And that like, I have some really like amazing experiences because of the talent because of you know sort of like the the humanity that settles in just like wow these people really want 
this job to work. Mm-hmm. And me just like being here, spitting out some lines, you know, they're willing to do all of this so that I can do this job. And you get some really cool treatment because of it. It's not like, you know, it's still, it's still production. There's still a lot of those rules, but it's, it's really cool to be able to experience like, just like a humble side to these talent. Mm. With that being said, um, what are, what's some, uh, I guess, words of wisdom you want to say to like, uh, you know, indie, indie um, productions that are, you know, trying to shoot now and don't really know where to start with COVID and everything. What would you, what would you tell them? Great answers. So I would say make a guideline that you follow based off of the CDC or the World Health Organization involving workplace protocols and back to set protocols. And I even do some research on what the unions are doing and the guilds are doing because in a lot of the bigger productions, the unions will put out like a specific set of guidelines of this is how we want production to be done. This is how the safety should be expected. This is what our coworkers should go into. So in terms of words of wisdom, um, exterior shots are very easy because you don't have to worry about indoor spaces and you don't really even have to worry about occupancy as much and you can distance. Uh, Interior, just make sure that you have the proper equipment that everyone is tested in some way and that you keep it limited. And then as long as you have that, um, you should be fine. Uh, oh, prepackaged meals. Yes, prepackaged meals. Prepackaged I mean, meals are very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean that's what crafty is nowadays, right? I mean, craft. I could imagine crafty is a whole another, you know, a whole another ball game. No more, you know, just actually, through. yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. Crafty now has a specific person that you go up to and ask for what you want. Wow. Yeah. So like, I just, you know, you go up to the person, you say, Hey, can I get like a bag of gummy bears and like a cup of coffee? And you know, they'll just make it. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. I actually, I feel embarrassed by doing this. I remember it was one late night I was working on, um, on a project and I went to go, I put my hand in like the M&M jar and one of the, one of the camera ops was like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, just grabbing some M&M. She's like, and she was just like, with those grimy, like, like those mitts. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? This was before COVID. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, right? You're, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you're not wrong. And ever oh, since yeah, that no. moment, I always, I always poured into my hands or had a cup and like poured into the cup. And then every time I would see someone do that, I'm like, oh God. I'm like, you know what? I'm not the only one doing it. And on a set full of other people, like it's gross and you know yeah. there's a lot of good things to come out of you know covid protocols I, I i hope you know short i'm a like i said before i'm a big advocate for shorter days yep. um you know more cleanliness. more cleanliness i mean you know i'm glad i mean in general just not not even production just in, in out out in the real world you know i'm glad that grocery stores have like the the hand sanitizer dispensers mm-hmm. when you walk in and walk out i mean 
The subway now has them. Yeah, like it's just like things I even think like now. I mean, I always carried like hand sanitizer on me when I left the store, you know, or something. But you know, I wasn't as you know, I'd do it, and sometimes I forget, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But now I'm like, I have it in my car, I have it in my mm-hmm. room. I always have it on me, and it's just like, even after COVID, I'm going to be doing this stuff. I think after COVID, I'm definitely going to continue to wear masks during the winter time and during the sub. Like whenever I go into the subway, I'm gonna mask up. Yeah, and I think flu seasons for me, for sure, I think it's going to be different. Oh. I mean, that's a big thing, too. You know, flu, the flu hasn't really been that bad this year. I and think it's just all because of, you know, mask wearing and cleanliness. Yeah. Combination of three, four things. Cleanliness, masks, work from home. And actually, a lot of people like this. I was researching this. This was like 2020 was like a record year for flu vaccinations. Like, I think... I don't remember if this number is correct, but I think I heard something like north of 110 million people this year took the flu vaccine because they were like, well, I definitely don't want COVID. I guess I also don't want this flu. So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's pretty great. We yeah. have learned that we can curb stuff like the flu along with COVID if we just mask up when yep. it's appropriate. Have you been in a movie theater? The last time I was in a movie theater, period, was 2019 for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think that was the last time I was in a movie theater. Yeah. I mean, in New York City, the last time I was in a movie theater was for Cats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that that would be the last movie I'd see in New York City, like in a theater setting? Yeah. Joe, what what got you into filmmaking? Like, what what kind of like got That's you into this question. field? So, there's a couple things. First, I had a really good communications program in high school. Like, you know, we had Com Club. We always shot like shorts and projects and all that stuff, and we learned Premiere and After Effects. So by the time before I went to college, even I like knew how to do like tracking and after effects which was really cool and just like basic understanding of editing in premiere uh compared to what i know now it's like night and day obviously and like the curriculum is way different too they don't teach you the uh, like the ethics of like storytelling through the edit or anything about cinematography other than please be in focus and like please keep the framing fine like yeah. they taught us like basic stuff yeah um so that was great and that's how i like became really good friends with some of the high school friends that i still have to this day um and in terms of like things as a kid that i watched that made me go you know this entertainment thing it's pretty cool um (laughs) movies like back to the future Mm -hmm. uh just ignite that fun uh energetic excitement that you get out of watching a movie uh, the Iron Giant was always like a, oh. a favorite of mine as a kid, just from like a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, and also and just show- an an- yeah animation oh. too. The animation and that was crazy. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. I had a little. I remember buying the DVD version of it, and it had the little uh, action figure of the Iron Giant, oh. and I had that forever. I think the director's name is Brad Bird. Mm-hmm. He also did The Incredibles. He is an incredible director. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
<laughs> also TV shows like 30 Rock specifically, you know, just seeing like how a writer's room is represented apparently accurately uh, was just like, wow, that's wild. And just like exciting. And then, you know, I, I, I watched anime like Neon Genesis Evangelion like as a 17 year old. And I was like, wow, I want to do this. I, I want to make stuff. Joe, it was a pleasure having you, man. I mean, dude, I, talk I, you, dude. I, I could talk to you forever. I mean, and like most guys, you know, it's just, I, I love hearing what you had to say. And I, I, I'm Thanks, so thankful for all the information that you brought. Um, where can people find some of your photography and um, find you, learn more about you? Oh, so that's a great, uh, great question. So on Instagram, I am at Joseph Gugino, just my full name, all lowercase, no numbers, just Joseph Gugino. That's where I post a primary amount of my content. And I also have a YouTube channel that I sometimes upload like little videos and stuff like that. Joseph Gugino as well. Um, I actually did a lot of vlogs during the quarantine summertime that actually somehow kind of led to the work that I do now in a bizarre, in a bizarre, like New York city is a big city, small town. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I'll make sure to plug that all in stuff below so people can just click it and find you. Um, any closing stuff, any, any last words to the people watching and listening? Stay safe and always pursue. Joe, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure talking too.